Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is 560 The Joe Radio Rewind, running back some of the best audio you've heard over the past 24 hours here on 560. I am Dan Day, and it is a feel-good Friday, so going to make you feel good this Friday with some good reggae music, make you say Irie. Plus, we're going to be checking in with Zach and Zach. That's right, Joe Rose on vacation because the Dolphins don't play this week, and they have an off week, so he's taking an off day. No worries. Zach Krantz, Zach Duarte, going to get you ready for the impending Tula start. I think we're all very excited about that, so get excited about that. Not to mention, we're going to be checking in with the Dan Labatard Show. Always great here. And then Hawk and Crowder, fun, fun for everyone. Right now, headlines for everyone. These are headlines from the Modelo Especial Sports Desk. The Eagles scored a comeback win last night, 22-21 over the Giants. The Dolphins are off this week, but will start Tua Tangavaloa. November 1st against the Rams. The World Series continues tonight with Game 3 when the Dodgers face the Rays at 8. The series is tied at 1. Kane's tight end, Brevin Jordan, has been limited at practice and no decision has been made on if he will play Saturday at 8 against Virginia. Listen to it here on 560 The Joe. The state of Florida will print Dan Marino license plates with proceeds benefiting the former Dolphin quarterback's Autism Foundation. Rudolfo Pizarro will be available for Inter-Miami Saturday when they play Orlando. The midfielder missed previous games due to obligations with the Mexican national team. Gonzalo Higuain will serve a red card suspension. Appalachian State down to Arkansas State 45-17, while tonight it's FIU versus Jacksonville State. USF and Tulsa, Wisconsin will play Illinois, and the University of Louisiana Lafayette, ooh la la, will face UAB, UAB. Headline, sponsored by Modelo Especial, the perfect beer for your home tailgate. Modelo Especial, a beer brewed with the fighting spirit. Now with that said, after a long week, roll your neck and let's take a step into the day spa. <sighs> a bear in Tennessee recently jumped in an unoccupied car and shuffled items around. That bear suit I bought is still paying dividends, but if you're asking, there was no beer in the car. Shoot. An arcade in Seattle is featuring touchless pinball machines. Touchless pinball. Is it also moneyless? Mm. A family of nine died in China after eating spoiled noodles. Don't tell me that. I'm not the healthiest dude in the world, and I eat noodles twice a week. For his birthday, a Salt Lake City man's boyfriend threw him a funeral instead of an actual party. Yeah, real romantic, and dude, sleep with one eye open. Miley Cyrus is currently working on a Metallica covers album and also admitted that she once was chased down by UFOs. Miley, you just keep giving me reasons to love you. You're in the running for my hot mess of the year. Televangelist Pat Robertson claims God told him Donald Trump will win the presidential election. That's not going to stop campaign workers from calling you 
Oh, wait a second. Hello? Yes! I'm going to vote November 3rd. Stop calling. Goodness. Now in the weather. Tonight's forecast has a chance of rain with temperatures around 80. Let's get into it. Zach and Zach. A little bit of vitamin Z this morning because Joe Rose took the day off. No worries. They got you covered. Tua will play and a whole lot of fun for everyone. All right, folks. Happy Friday morning. You heard Dan Day on the updates. Dan Day this morning in for the one and only Hollywood and Joe Rose off this morning as well. We have a special guest host this morning, the the dream show that we've been thinking about for years. Instead of Mike and Mike this morning, folks, you've got Zach and Zach, one with an H and one with a K, right? You spell your name with a K, right, Duarte? Well, yeah, my legal name is spelled with an H, but uh, growing up in the heart of Miami, uh, the Hispanic community would pronounce Zachari, so I right. decided to change that to a K. Yeah, I got Zach a lot when I was growing up also, so yeah, I, I know what you're feeling there. That is Zach Duarte as well. Joe and Hollywood off today, much needed day off for those two guys. And uh, so we have our other crew in here this morning, but we have a lot to talk about this morning, not just the personnel here on the show this morning. We had Thursday Night Football last night, uh, as you heard in the update as well. The Eagles, 22-21 winners over the Giants. And if you have Boston Scott on your fantasy team, you got a nice dirty touchdown at the end of the game. If you're playing against him last night, then you definitely got dirtied up at the end of that game. That was me. So that's why I'm in a really crappy mood watching (laughs) the highlights from last night's game. I didn't care who won last night. Both teams are very stinky. Uh, so there's fantasy implications on there for me, of course. And last night, you I was the last local voice you heard on this, this station as well, I believe, with the fantasy show. So I'm in a crappy fantasy mood this morning. But otherwise, it's a happy Friday. Not much, as Joe Rose always says, can mess up a Friday for you as long as your head is on straight and uh, you're, you're feeling okay with yourself. But Duarte, welcome to the morning. I, I don't know. I know you're all over the place when it comes to shows uh, I know you do the Dolphins post-game show. We're going to get into that in a second, actually. You're perfect to talk to this morning about a certain topic of a certain left-handed quarterback that might be starting or will be starting for this Dolphins team a week from Sunday. Um, but you, you, you've done the morning shift as well, right? I know that you've done afternoon, you've done night, you've done overnight, you've done this, you've done that. You're like the uh, the nomad. You're like all over the place. But um, morning shift, have you been to the morning shift yet, or have you done it a lot? Well, uh my first start in the radio business was when uh, 790 had purchased the FM signal. Oh. And they couldn't put the overnight ESPN radio on that FM signal. So I did the midnight to 5 a.m. show. Yes. Four months. <laughs> Welcome to radio when you do the overnight. My first, my first internship uh, at QAM 1,000 years ago when I interned. Uh, was called the Dirty Boys. It was it was a it was a two a.m. to six a.m. show where they talk sports and porn. That's what they did for four hours, and that was the first show I ever worked on. And I thought, wow, this is so cool. This is what radio's like from two to six a.m. Except for the fact that no one was on the road, and I don't think anyone was really listening either from two right. to six a.m. So there you go, right there. Well, welcome to the morning. Uh, Duarte's with us. Uh, we'll talk. Uh, we got a lot of topics to go over this morning, but since we have Duarte here, and I know he was basically. Uh, you were the first, I guess, uh, to really start talking about Tua because you had post game after Tua gets into that game and mm-hmm. plays against the Jets. Uh, what was the initial reaction like, uh, I guess, from anyone calling in or texting in when Tua first got in the game? Because obviously the fan base 
uh, yesterday the, we, we had a nice text machine conversation with everybody and it was really, I would say 60-40 people were excited about Tua's entrance into the game and now entrance into the starting lineup. But what was it like kind of live and, 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 and right then and there after that game uh, against right. the Jets? Yeah, I mean, we didn't know uh, that it was going to, you know, really translate into to him being the starting quarterback. But, um, and you had wondered really why you didn't see him in that San Francisco game uh, a week a week prior. And, you know, at, at that point in the San Francisco game, I don't think the Dolphins knew what their new schedule was. If you remember, that schedule right, got changed right, right around that, that game against San Francisco. And they were initially, at that point, I, I believe they still had their bye like four or five weeks out from that game against the 49ers. And everything got changed a week before. And then the Dolphins played the Jets uh, the following week, which was this last Sunday. And then they had a bye. So I think that if the Dolphins would have known that the bye week was moved up, uh, you know, four or five weeks, they would have put Tua in that San Francisco game because it was 43-18, to 18, the final score. There was right. no reason for Tua not to be in that game, right? And they're like, well, we don't want to just have him come in and hand it off. Well, you know, that's kind of – I know he threw two passes in that game last week, but that's kind of what he did basically against um, the Jets last week. He came into a 24 nothing game with two minutes to go, and, yeah, he threw two passes, but he just came in and, and, and handed it off. So we didn't really know what it was going to translate, uh, translate into – but, you know, it, it, it makes all the sense in the world, Zach. I know that you guys have obviously talked about this ad nauseum. But, you know, like you, you, hearing you say 60-40, are, people are excited. Like, what, why are the other 40% of people not excited? Like, this was the plan the entire right. time. Maybe right. maybe to you or to, to, to Dolphins fan X out there, it wasn't. Um, but, you know, last year we were rooting for the tank. We were rooting for the team to not do very well. We were rooting for them to get to a... And here we are. So, you know, I understand that Ryan Fitzpatrick is playing well. But if you look at Fitzpatrick's career, there's always that wall. And it, it never lasts more than three or four games before suddenly he falls off a cliff. And with all due respect to the guy, you know, he knew his place was the placeholder. And, and, and we're here. And we've arrived. And we're we're eight weeks away from Tua Tungvaluwa, or nine, nine days away from him playing his first game against the best NFL defensive player we've seen this generation which which kind of worries me to be honest <laughs> well yeah i think that was some of the uh, kind of uh the texting that was coming in what the timing on the start or fitzpatrick playing well or whatnot whatever the case may be but i, I just think that that was exactly what you said we waited a to get that pick we tanked for tua uh, if you want to say that for a while uh the tua got hurt so he dropped to five, but you got your guy that you wanted or your quarterback that you, you think is going to be your franchise quarterback. Uh, I just think the timing uh, for some people was off. Uh, for me, it wasn't. For me, it would. It didn't. I just wanted to see two. I didn't care when. Um, I figured we would see it if we did have a Fitz tragic game. If we did start the season one and five, two and four, they are at three and three. So to some people, they're still in it. Buffalo struggling a little bit as well. The Patriots obviously struggling, and the Jets are well. They're just the Jets. So you don't have to really worry that much about them. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that the sentiment was was more a lot of people happy, and then there were some people questioning the timing. I just think that, um, and I said it yesterday. 
because uh, Hollywood brought it up a lot too. It's you know, oh, you were, and you just did too. You're playing against the Rams and this and that. I, I, I just there's not a perfect time to play this guy. There's not a perfect defense to bring him in against unless you were legitimately waiting for the initial bye week, which was sandwiched in between two Jet games, which were the two you know stinkiest games of the mm-hmm. season for you. So yeah, that timing seemed perfect to have a rookie come in, whether it was before the bye against the Jets or after the bye against the Jets again. But you're in the NFL. Every week you're playing against some monster on the offensive, uh, defensive line, someone that probably could scare the hell out of an offensive coordinator that you have to worry about. Of course, this week is the number one guy for that, and Aaron Donald, or next week, Aaron Donald, that's fine. But I just look at it as if you're going to throw someone in the fire, throw them in the fire. It doesn't matter when you do it. Um, but I did anticipate maybe something happening for him to start, not just him starting out of nowhere. But I'm excited for it. I was on the tank for two a train. I was... Uh, tell, let's lose games. After the first couple of games last season, I didn't think there would be any problem getting Tua or anyone you wanted because that team looked like one of the worst teams in NFL history, roster-wise, that Dolphins team, especially after <laughs> the first couple where they played Baltimore and they were down 42 nothing. I think, at halftime. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, like, I mean, Lamar Jackson had a perfect quarterback rating after three drives in the game. He could have come out and been a Hall of Famer against the Dolphins. So, uh, yeah, so it's just an interesting situation, interesting story, but I don't think anyone should be um, upset by this, whether you love Ryan Fitzpatrick, where you don't think the timing is right or not. Um, it's been 20-something years since Dan Marino. It's been how many quarterbacks since Dan Marino, and you finally have what you think might be your guy. He hasn't played, you know, a full game yet. He hasn't game-planned. He went in there for one drive. That's fine. If you were on the tank for two a train, if you wanted them to lose for a quarterback, if you wanted a franchise guy, here it is. Like, Welcome. Welcome to the new era of Dolphins football, and hopefully this one works out, and not just works out, but works out to where you have a guy for the next decade as your quarterback. So, I, I yeah, there's I'm I like the the interesting comments from people um, who don't think it's the right time because when would the right time be? Tell me when the perfect 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 situation to let Tua come in the game or Tua start a game because I don't think there is I don't think there's an answer to that. I, you know I I know the schedule like the back of my hand because obviously there's these post game shows and I I don't know if they wanted him to ha- have his first start at home. I don't know if that matters, but with the schedule getting flip flopped around, to me personally, I think the per- the perfect time in the schedule, I know you say it doesn't exist, but I think the perfect time in the schedule is when that bye week still was. Like, you have the Broncos November 22nd right, on, on the road. No Von Miller, right? Then the next week you have the Jets. Then the next week you have the Bengals. To me, that's a really soft part of the schedule where you could have put Tua in. And then the next four games was the Chiefs, Patriots, Raiders, and Bills, which is right. then that's your gauntlet at the end of the season. But at that point, you've had a few weeks to ramp up to it. Look, man, like, I, I get it. I understand the bye week. Um, but, man, Aaron Donald, dude, that that is a tough He's a beast, first game. Right? Like, yeah. like t- tell me, Zach, is there a player in the last decade that you that you, when you think of the generational player of, of today's NFL, do you think of anyone more than Aaron Donald defensively? No. No, no, there's no, no, there's no comparison. There's no, there's the, the crazy part is to be hundred percent honest with you. There's no even close number two. Like there's not a guy that I would even put underneath and say, yeah, it's Aaron Donald and it's this guy. And maybe to be honest with you, if you look at other positions on defense, it's possible that they have the other guy in Jalen Ramsey who could be the best at his position too. 
So not only do you have a guy rushing Tua, who might be the greatest at his position right now in the NFL, but you might have the other best cornerback in the league too, which Tua is going to have to throw against as well. Listen, I just think throw him against the fire. I think at this point, let him get his bumps. I think he needs to get hit once so I feel better about this because uh, we really haven't seen him oh. get hit. You know what I mean? Like, Not that I want Aaron Donald to take him like he does with quarterbacks with one hand and throw him six yards back. That's not necessarily the first hit I want to see. But I want him, it's like you need to get hit, you need to feel, you know, he hasn't been hit since the hit. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm kind of excited to see that. Is that weird? I'm excited to see him get hit once because I just feel like then we're back to normal, right? Listen, the, the game plan for that game better be to get the ball out of his hands quick. Like, you, you better see a lot of screens and slants and reverses and just things that, you know, make him, at least in the first quarter, like make him feel comfortable, but get the ball out of his hand. Because right. I, I know you want to see him get hit, but that first time that Aaron Donald comes close and he's not he's not looking. Oh, my eyes are going to be closed when that happens. <laughs> like, don't, don't, don't wait. Let me, let me, not to, don't think I'm not scared about it, but, I'm, but it's like, I just feel it's, I just feel like it needs, we need to get back to normal. And the only way for me to feel like we're getting back to normal with Tua is to let him get hit once and, and not blindsided where Robert Hunt misses something on the right side and this guy you know like in a movie scene gets hit like a perfect square into the back hit by but like get up after the hit and let's keep going and okay I'll feel a little bit better about myself but yeah if it's Aaron Donald who throws him back six yards my eyes are going to be closed like I'm on a roller coaster at Busch Gardens of course that's going to happen right like, like, have you watched the Aaron Donald workout videos? <laughs> right, 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 right. And, and the crazy he's a part freak is, of nature, he's not, man. yeah, he's not like 6'8", 320, where it's just like a man of like mammoth size. Dude, he has he, abs. He right, has. right. He's a defensive tackle that looks like he could play any position or running back or something Dude, in the league. He could yeah. compete like the right. long jump, the hurdles. Right, 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 right. He's a scary man. He's a freak of nature. That's why he's the best at his position. And like you said, a generational guy. So we'll talk more about two. I'm glad Duarte's on for this because he got the initial reaction from people right after that game on Sunday when we got to get teased with Tua for a drive. The Hurricanes uh, and UVA play on Saturday also. We'll talk to Don Bailey Jr. later in the show getting ready for that. Uh, The game we all worry about if you watch the Hurricanes is the one after the big loss. And after that big loss versus Clemson, I mean, not a big loss. You figured you might lose that game anyway. But getting ready for Pitt and... Losing the pit or losing to another team after that is normally what we see with the Hurricanes in the last five or six years. That kind of stretch where they lose games and they beat Pitt and they got UVA here. So I think they got over the hurdle a little bit, but still in the ACC each week, you really can't, you know, unless you are Clemson and you're just beating everyone by about 55 points every week, uh, you can't tell what team you're going to get. So the Hurricanes have a big one this weekend. Zach and Zach, ZZ, and I'm DD. No worries. We had you covered in the morning. Nothing like waking up at 4 a.m. after going to bed at 2 a.m. What was I doing until 2 a.m.? That's my business. What's Dan Levitar doing from noon to 2 here on 560 The Joe? We'll find out next here on 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. Five sixty, the Joe Radio Rewind, running back some of the best audio you've heard over the past twenty-four hours here on Five Sixty, and it is a feel-good Friday. So you got to feel like a king in your castle, listening to some Anthony B. Pokey, want me tell you something? King in my castle, king in my castle, I'm a king. 
in my castle. The Bubble Man, Anthony B, straight out of Jamaica, making you feel good on a Friday. I don't know about you. I don't care if the sun's up or down this weekend. I am going to the beach. I am grabbing some hard seltzer, maybe some funky Buddha hard seltzer, some beers, and I am just going to relax and enjoy myself. Got a Canes game. Dolphins are off. Ooh, it's going to be a good one. Of course, the Dolphins making a huge splash even though they're not playing this weekend because the announcement. Tua going to be the start of November 1st against the Rams. The Dan Levitard Show. They're internationally known, but they're rocking the microphone in South Beach. They're talking about, is Ryan Fitzpatrick being selfish? Ryan Fitzpatrick, selfish. Enough with him. Seriously. Um, he comes out and says how heartbroken he is. He's never been so hurt, even though he's been benched many, many times. Selfish. Get out of the way, Fitzpatrick. It is to a time. We don't have time. We fell in love briefly with your beard, but you were a rented mistress. We were with you. What are you shaking your head? No about Billy. You want to, you still, you want to put him in the hall of fame and have him start on Sunday. Well, yeah, in two weeks. But yeah, I think everybody feels the same way. I think once they heard Ryan Fitzpatrick, everyone was kind of like, do we have to do this right now? Can't this wait a little bit longer? I mean, everyone's heart broke when his heart broke, right? (laughs) Uh, No, he is selfish. Uh, He should be mentoring Tua. And selfishly, he is standing in his way by telling us all about his heartbreak, taking away the Tua shine. I mean, he's 37 years old. He is not a starting quarterback. He has 5,000 yards for three different teams in that division because he's not very good he's replaced dozens of quarterbacks and now his heart is broken because he's the one being replaced please he's not even saying it's a bad move he's just saying it's a move that makes him sad because he'd like to play i don't understand what the issue is well here. i'll tell real you real men don't have feelings chris cody this is sports that's right ah. no time for feelings bring in the young body to replace the old body they're all disposable including the beard however i don't like my ally on this Sorry. i am not uh, i want to now change my opinion and be <laughs> heartbroken totally because ryan fitzpatrick is blubbering my heart just hurt all day like it was it was heartbreaking for me you know and i Flo kind of said what he said and said what he said to you guys as well. And that's the decision and the direction that the organization is going in. And obviously, you know, we've talked in the past, uh, me and you guys, about, you know, how I'm the placeholder. And this eventually was going to happen no matter. It, it was just a matter of kind of when, not if. And it still just it, it broke my heart yesterday. And, um, you know, it's a tough, uh, tough thing for for me to hear and to now have to deal with but um you know i'm gonna do my best with it are you crying billy are you crying i'm not crying it's just dusty in here <laughs> billy are you crying are you crying absolutely it's not too late coach Flo. do the right thing play the 37 year old <laughs> the crazy part about that is he's going to be the best teammate going forward after having said all that he's still going to be the most supportive backup in the entire league uh billy you and me we go outside of the stadium and we start chanting we want ryan let's zig while everyone else is yeah. zagging like let's <laughs> 10 to 12 feet apart uh, though. let's uh, yes let's form like wait, let's form a protest and march outside the stadium saying we want ryan I think Flores knows because I don't think Fitzpatrick has ever strung together three consecutive great starts in a row. He's had two in a row, and I think he knows the third one is coming, and it was two at time. 
That's it. I'm telling you, game long fix Patrick, and I guarantee you, he has never had three great games can in you, a row you please, as a starter. Can you please stop ripping Ryan Fitzpatrick? Uh, sorry. Like, why is it that I come in totally, I don't like how he's acting. But why yeah. is it? This is you. This is you in every way. I'm totally being sarcastic. Uh, you are one-upping me by then ripping him as well. <laughs> like you're saying how bad he is and you just yeah. went one, you just 5,000 yards for three different teams because he stinks for everybody and you're just ripping him right and left and hey. I don't want you on my side. And furthermore, you've made me break character. I was joking. <laughs> I wasn't. You stop ri- like that, like I doubling. Was so th- I was so thrilled to have you on my side. So stop kid. doubling up on like you just let me have the sarcasm <laughs> before you get in here and double it up and start ripping him. If Ryan Fitzpatrick could go back in time to Sunday, do you think instead of standing on the sidelines and hyping up the crowd when Tua came in, he'd be like kind of calming the down like, no, shh, 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 shh. <laughs> No, it's time to quiet. Let him work. Boo. Secret booze. Yeah, be like, boo. Who was that? Who was <laughs> Pinching his nose and, and wafting air in front of him. Like, oh, this guy is terrible. You should see him in practice. Oh, <laughs> this is so confusing for Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's lost his job plenty, but this is the first time he's lost his job while playing well. So it's a whole new deal for the 37-year-old. And he's also saying, though, that uh, because I don't think we played uh, the sound uh, that Schefter quoted him on, which is him saying he's been benched a bunch, uh, but that this one hurts more than any of them. Uh, and I don't know if it's because he wanted to see if he could get to his uh, unprecedented third great game in a row. <laughs> never happened. Uh, yeah, it's never happened, as Stu Gatz likes to point it. out. More blubbering from Fitzpatrick, the selfish Fitzpatrick. There's a lot of stuff going through my mind yesterday. Is this it? Like, was that, you know, my last game as a as an NFL player in terms of, you know, being the starter and going out there and playing? I've been, you know, starter. I've been benched all kinds of different ways, but... This was kind of the first place other than Buffalo where I was, I just felt fully, you know, committed and invested and felt like it was my team. His team, he felt like, and I do think that the emotion of this and the reason this one is different, Stugatz, is not because he's playing well uh, or not even because of the my team. It's because you look in uh, the mirror and what looks back at you is your career mortality. Like right. where he realizes, oh, the rest like I just started for the last time unless someone gets hurt. Like I'm I am now at the the rest of the way, I'm probably gonna be a backup for everybody. Right, but that's what he is. He's a career backup. But he's I mean, not. He's a guy who's as a starter thrown for five thousand yards with how many different teams? Which you strangely use as an insult. I guess the different teams there is a strike against him. But that's impressive. He's had a good career. He's had I'm, more I'm, rushing touchdowns than Bo Jackson. I'm not saying he hasn't had a good career. I'm not saying he's not a good guy. I'm just saying in this particular instance, you signed this year with the Dolphins, knowing eventually. They were going to give the ball to Tua, and now your heart is broken once they did what you knew. All, all you keep doing is saying he's a, a bad quarterback. I mean, like everyone Well, he's else. not great, Dan. Every, let's be honest. I mean, great quarterbacks stay yeah. with their team. I mean, is, I'm not arguing he's great. It's just I'm talking about the humanity of his eulogy, and you keep wanting at the funeral to be like, yeah, but he's dead, and he wasn't that good when he was alive. It's $71 million. He's fine. I, th- I think that's why the word good exists, because it's not great and it's not bad. Good is fine. We can call somebody good. Um, I would say he's an average uh, starting quarterback.
And that's and that's hard to do. I mean, show that's me all hard. the average starting quarterbacks that have stuck around to 37 years old, Dan. His, his best case scenario now is going to another team and having this heartbreak again. Just being a stopgap for four games and having the exact same press conference where he's almost he's in 37. Well, Monty made the point. Uh, I'm going to play another clip that makes you feel even more for Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I think a lot of people are. But Bomani made the observation he's dealing with something that every NFLer for the most part, has to deal with. But when it's 37-year-old bearded now, Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's, yeah, it's, well, he's adorable as part of it. Like, And he gets to be adorable because look at him. I got basically got fired yesterday, and then my day of work today consisted of me in Zoom meetings listening to the guy that fired me and then you know, locked in a, a spaced-out room uh, you know, with my replacement for four hours today. Yeah, that's humanizing it. That's me watching Greeny. You think Fitzpatrick <laughs> will have the uh, the defense sign when the Dolphins have the ball? Like he'll have someone an yes, accomplice yes, holding he, the yes, uh, the he, fence. He will. Who will? Uh, who will have the? Who else is on the team that wouldn't want to have success? Yes, I have him holding up in one hand the D and the other hand the fence when Tua's on the field. So what's the play here now? Does he like look around the league and try to scope out who's most likely to get injured next season? And let me stick around there because honestly, <laughs> Tua might be on that list. Like yeah. if he sticks around long enough, he may get this team right back in two weeks. You just That's the Tannehill plan. He would have learned it in the Dolphin offices. Like that's exactly how to do it. Go to Mariota, wherever Mariota is starting. Dan Lebetard Show, weekdays right here from 10 to noon on 5 60 the joe they give you the best of the best it's not always sports it's not always joking around it's not always really anything but they get it done so be sure to check them out hawk he was actually the original executive producer of the dan levitard show he and a crowder he played for the dolphins but he didn't get benched for tua we're not going to bench them next here on 560 the joe radio rewind The Joe Radio Rewind, running back some of the best audio you've heard here on 560 over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day on a Feel Good Friday. Got the legend Jimmy Cliff in the background and got the legends Hawk and Crowder on your radio talking to the legend Greeny. Jets suck and it's two a time. Greeny Dolphins. See, we're having fun because our talking and debating is about Tua being named starter. But this is all fun. These are fun conversations. And Jets fans are having conversations as well, but they're not fun. So let's juggle these two conversations. We're going to have fun. You'll be miserable. And it just it is what it is. <laughs> how are how are they? How do they justify keeping Adam Gase as head coach? The most justifiable explanation for it would be to assure that they don't win a game so that they are in position to draft Trevor Lawrence. I don't actually think that's the reason, but if you were to try to justify a reason, that probably would be it. And Greeny, when did you spoil on Gase? Did you ever believe in him? Because we know we we hear no. about it. You're a big Jets fan. Did you ever like him? No, I did not. So, so I didn't care about the introductory press conference, which I'm sure you guys are aware of. What his <laughs> eyes just—I don't know what the heck was going on with that. But here's where I immediately fell out of. I mean, not that I was ever in love. I fell out of whatever I could have been in with him. The Jets signed Le'Veon Bell, who, when they signed him, was the most productive running back of all time. 
That's not a figure of speech. That's those are literal. You could attach numbers to that. And Adam Gase made no secret of the fact that he didn't want that to happen. That was not his signing. He didn't want it. And he I don't know if he did this in Miami, but I can tell you he did this last year with the Jets. His agenda was so clear that he he did not try to do anything, anything creative with Le'Veon Bell, who is, as you guys well know, outstanding out of the backfield catching passes. He he played him as though Le'Veon Bell was just a, a dot the eye, handed off three yards in a cloud of dust running back, I think to send a message to ownership that he never wanted him in the first place. And I became disgusted with that immediately. His offense is completely non-creative. The quarterback that he was brought here to develop, Sam Darnold, has completely regressed. Case is, there's no way in the world he's going to be the coach next year. So to me, it's, it's almost irrelevant at this point, whether you fire him now or in two weeks or at the end of the season. It really makes no difference. And it has just been an unbridled disaster. I mean, there's no way, there's no other way to put it. Adam Gase has done as bad a job, in my opinion, as the coach of the Jets as I've ever seen anyone do in any job that I've ever witnessed. I'm not even just talking about in football or just in sports. I don't know anyone who has done their job worse than Adam Gase has done his job. Oh, you never you never saw me when I was 16 years old try to scoop ice cream at Hagen dazs I was like, this is harder than I thought. I got I got to go where they got soft serve. Mike Greenberg is with us, Greeny, and and if you don't watch Get Up, you should because it's a great show. And if you don't listen to him here on 560, the Joe, you should as well. Um, But when you when you talk about Adam Gase, you mentioned you know the quarterbacking and and Sam Darnold, and so how do you correlate these two things? Do they have a correlation? Ryan Tannehill plays seven seasons with the Dolphins. They don't win a single playoff game. The final three seasons are being coached by this quarterback guru, Adam Gase. And then he gets jettisoned from the Dolphins, and his first season away at Tennessee, he goes to the AFC Championship game. The next season, which is this season, he's undefeated. He is legitimately in the conversation for MVP. What what does it say about Adam Gase that he had this guy under his tutelage and either never noticed that he was as good as he appears to be or was never able to exploit it. I mean, I think it's a question that answers itself, right? I mean, the best thing that ever happened to Ryan Tannehill was getting the hell away from Adam Gase. In his last 16 games, Ryan Tannehill is 35 touchdowns and seven interceptions. In that stretch, he has 11 games with multiple touchdown passes and zero picks. That is the most in the league. You can make an argument that over the last 16 games, he has been as good as any quarterback in the NFL. And I I do not think there's anything coincidental about the fact that he got the heck away from Gase. And the Jets have any number of other problems, by the way, but... Gase is, um, I'm not even going to say he's the biggest because ownership is the biggest and he's just a symptom of that. The, the disease of the New York Jets is their ownership. Adam Gase is just the most notable symptom. And Greeny, speaking about the quarterbacks uh, down here, like you said, we're, we're, we're on cloud nine right now. Having two, I actually came on your show and I got to say I appreciate the offer to come on the show. I had a bunch of calls from all around the nation. Thank you. But after that day, the initial day where I came on your show, now the question is, should he, should Brian Flores of, of presented presented that information to the team before he told the media and Flores was apologizing. Do you think that a that an organization has an organizational decision to put a young guy in? 
did they deal with that wrong? Did they did, did do they do they owe anything to players to tell them that we're about to change quarterbacks? Because I was under a bunch of quarterback changes with the Dolphins Greeny, and I found out on ESPN. And, and did I just have a, a terrible decision? Did I have terrible head coaches, or do you think that you owe your players to tell them when you're going to make a decision that big for the organization? Well, always a relative term. I mean, look the. the I think that it is preferable, if you hear that information directly from the coach, I certainly would think it's preferable that Fitzpatrick hears it directly from the coach. I was really moved by his uh, press conference, and he's, he's a guy, I mean, if you don't like him and you don't admire him, then you're just missing the point. But one of the most important things I would say about him, maybe this is the most admirable thing, I would never, look, you guys are much closer to it than I am, you tell me if I have this right wrong. But my sense is that while he was not making any secret of his disappointment with the decision, that does not in any way correlate to the idea that he will make it into a problem or that he will be anything other than the extraordinarily supportive teammate. His ability to continue to teach and work with Tua, I think, will be uninterrupted by it. So I think it, it really is exactly the way you wanted this to go. If there was a little clunkiness in the delivery of the message, that's obviously unfortunate. Yes, it's better, I guess, if the coach tells the players. Um, but in the end, I think the right move is made. If they're seeing things on the practice field, and you told me that that's exactly what they are, that suggests that the team gets better. Because, listen, I have news for you. I am of the opinion that the Bills are were greatly overrated the first four weeks of the season. If you listen to my radio show, you heard me say for several weeks that I thought that once they hit this tough part of their schedule, they were going to lose to Kansas City, they were going to lose to Tennessee, and that's exactly what happened. And here they are at 4-2. and two. I think they are eminently beatable. The Patriots have looked flat-out bad the last couple of games, and, and we'll see what happens now that they can practice and get it together again. I, I think the division is there for the Dolphins. That's the only reason that I would have hesitated, because I thought Fitzpatrick was playing great, and we all know that he gets hot and stays that way for a little while, and I could have, would have, I, I kind of think I would have ridden that hot streak until it ran out. I would have just waited for the bad game you know was coming and then handed the ball to it. But if they wanted to do it in the bye week, that makes all the sense in the world to me. I think, generally speaking, it's been well handled, and it's about as good a quarterback situation now as I could think of practically any team in the league having. What are the experts on your shows saying on Get Up and uh, and on Greeny? What are some of the former players and front office executives saying about making this change in the midst of a two-game winning streak? I, I think everyone likes it. I mean, I, I think that look, this is such an unusual year. I. I, I, I at the beginning of the season, I looked at the schedule, and there was in the original schedule that unusual quirk where they were going to play the Jets, then there was going to be a bye, then they were going to play the Jets again. And that felt like the perfect place to start the quarterback because you're playing the same opponent you just did, so you have the ultimate tape on them. I didn't even know at the time the Jets were going to be the worst team of all time, but that at this point would have added to it. So that felt like the perfect spot to start him. Then all that gets reshuffled. When was that going to be? Like week 10 or 11 or something like that? A couple of yeah. weeks from now. So this moved it up, whatever it is, three weeks. You know, if you'd known you were going to do it, I think I might have played him against the Jets because the Jets are so bad. It would have been sort of a nice entry before you have to go deal with Aaron Donald. But look, that kid played in the SEC. He knows what great defenses look like. He knows what great defensive players look like he's not going to be scared of Aaron Donald. I think he's going to be great. I think the big question on Tua remains what it was coming in, which is, is he going to be injury prone? That, that's the only fear you have. The big injury at the end was, is, was certainly not the only one he ever had. He was hurt before that happened. 
So the question is, is he going to be able to stay healthy? There's not a person I've spoken to who doesn't think that if he's able to stay healthy, he's going to be a superstar. So if I'm a fan in Miami right now, there are no words to describe how excited I am to see what we have and get this thing going. And if you win the division this year, that's gravy. You let the future begin right now. And the future, I think, looks extraordinarily good. And Greeny, another big story today. Antonio Brown is going to come off his suspension soon. And the Seahawks were flirting with him, a couple other teams. We know NFL is a risk-reward uh, uh, league. That's all you got to do. Is the Antonio Brown reward bigger than the Antonio Brown risk? There's almost no way that the reward is bigger than the risk because the risk is exponential, which is why I think that the right team to sign him is a team that doesn't need him. I think if you sign him as a luxury, like the Seahawks, I think, could do this. They have Metcalf, they have Lockett, they have one of the best offenses in the sport. They could bring him in and say, Antonio, we're doing this day by day. We have a good day today, you'll be back tomorrow. If not, you'll be gone. He's a luxury. At that point, if it all works out well, he takes their offense from great to unstoppable. If you're a team like, for example, Baltimore, where you say they desperately need what Antonio Brown can bring, now you bring him in. First two or three weeks, he becomes an integral part of your offense. He becomes something you need, something you depend upon. He becomes essential personnel, and then something happens. Now I think you're in trouble. Now you've built your offense around what this guy can do or tailored your offense around what this guy can do. I think now it really is a greater detriment to your team. So I think the way you minimize the risk is by is, is by putting him on a team, is by bringing him into your team if he's someone that you can survive just fine without. So we all know who the teams are, the, the ones that already have the really good receivers. So that's why Baltimore would not make sense to me, and Seattle sounds like it actually would be a pretty good fit. What about Baltimore bringing in Des Bryant? Is this a head-scratcher? Uh, yes, it's a head I don't get it. I, who knows? I, that, <laughs> I mean, I guess there's, that, that's one that has no risk, right? I and mean, putting putting Des Bryant, is he on the practice squad? I've been running around a little bit today. That's what I had heard was that. It, it keeps saying the that they're planning squad? on adding him to practice squad. So I'm, I'm guessing it's imminent yeah. if it hasn't actually happened. So I guess that's, t- to your previous question, that's zero risk, right? I mean, you're, 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 it costs you nothing. <laughs> I don't know. And if he shows up and can actually play, I guess that helps. He can't, he can't, I, don't, I can't imagine that it's going to create any problems there. But I think that that ship has sailed. That strikes me as a very odd move. I, I, Antonio Brown, well, I mean, I don't know that he still has a lot left, but I certainly would guess he has a lot more left than I would guess as Bryant does. That's those are guesses, but I feel pretty good about them. And, Green, yeah, we're all getting through this COVID season, man, but the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, Trent Brown tests positive for COVID. They do the tracing stuff, and now they have sent the entire offensive line home. They moved the game back four and a half hours. Should they cancel that game? How could you tell the Raiders to go into a game with five offensive linemen not playing? Like, is that a mistake? It seems crazy to me. So complicated, guys. I mean, here's the thing. Dan Graziano, who's one of our insiders and is terrific. You guys should, if you haven't ever had him on, you should. He's excellent. He said something to me right as this thing was starting on the air that has stuck with me all the way through. And that is that in this season, unlike any other, fairness is not the first priority. Any other time you would say that's not fair and not being fair means it's something you shouldn't do. This year, the only priority can be getting to the finish line getting as many games played as you possibly can. There are billions of dollars hanging in the balance. If the Raiders are, and look, I don't know all the details here, but certainly we all hear the same rumors that they had. These guys were getting together at times when they're not supposed to. They're not 
following all of the uh, the protocols as strictly as they should. We know Gruden had problems with the mask. We know the whole team went to that charity event. The reality is it is imperative that all these games get played if possible. Do I think it's reasonable to ask an NFL team to play an entire game without its starting offensive line? Obviously not. Does it change the dynamics of the game in every conceivable way? Of course it does. And in any other season, I'd say to you, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of in my life. But this is not any other season. That would be the only way I could explain it away. If it were up to me, of course I would postpone the game. But if they don't, then the explanation that I think makes some sense is this is a year in which fair is not the first priority. The first, last, and only priority is play the games whenever and however you can because getting to the finish line is imperative. And I think that is your explanation right there, whether we like it or not. Two times almost here. Party time is here. It is the weekend. I am Dan Day. Follow me on social media at Dan Day Radio. I will be back on a Monday with Hawk and Crowder. Then another edition at 6 o'clock of 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. Later, slug. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.